Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 341 for December 7th, 2023. Tonight we're going to be talking about VR announcements, but not the Game Awards. I'm actually watching that while I'm doing this. Nah, this won't cannibalize McDonald's. This feels wrong, even if it is an insect. I found that tomato seed I dropped in space. Okay, hold on. This one's going to take a little while because I have to translate it. Hope I got that right. Hydrogen power cubes, forever freshwater chemical fish. Wrong way justice makes a state richer. November you see it, early October you didn't. And... Pushing products presents profits. That and probably a little bit more snark here on Hometown Daily. Hello, hello. I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the ring of sentience for the sentient AI that I found on a USB drive outside of a Wendy's that is from the future. You want to say hello? Good evening, hometown citizens. Greetings program, literally. Um, you know what? No preamble. Let's just get into today's show. I am, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on today, but let's get it. Let's get this going. I, I, I like today's articles, so I'm going to throw them out there for you all. And uh, hopefully you'll follow the links, hang out at hometown.com, go over to our sources, and then come back tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we can talk about them, because we talk about them here, but we also talk about them over on YouTube and the podcast, and you can basically download them from any pod distribution point a pod launcher and you uh catch them with a podcast i'm not sure how this all works i'm new to this planet anyway first article is over on the reality hacker channel everything announced at the upload vr winter 2023 showcase guess what i'm not gonna show it all hmm uh it hasn't listed it hasn't it hasn't shown that we well we're live but it hasn't shown the information in the chat i'm not sure Hmm. what's going on yeah here i'm just gonna clear the chat maybe that'll reconnect i'm not sure what's going on anyway um this year's winter showcase featured nearly 70 videos that showed the future of vr and mixed reality gaming with trailers from indie developers to sizable studios this year's lineup had something for everyone. Yay. Um, I'm not sure why they do that, but that's okay. Uploadvr.com is where uh, we got this information from. Um, I don't have an ad blocker. Look, I have no extensions. Uh, won't belabor this. So there is a video and I'm going to throw the URL to the article little snippet that's over in hometown. 
And uh, you can follow this link right here. It says visit the source and we take you over to the source, which is upload VR. They've got a big old video about the uh, show. It says uh, winter 2023 sponsored by perp games. Um, I am assuming that each one of these has a video, a high res video. It looks like it's all in 4k vertigo Two, prison boss VR defy survival nation, which I was, um, I baited this game. It's a lot of fun. might be in early access still right now. I'm not sure. Final fury, the pirate queen, a forgotten legend. I haven't seen, I haven't played this yet, but this all looks exciting. I will probably be downloading all of these. I'm really into VR. Uh, my Pico VR uh, 4 headset is right over there, but I'm always interested in the newest VR games and, and uh, tech that's out there. Um, has to be wireless, folks. If there's a wire involved, Mayor Watts just not interested in it. Uh, when you get your Terminator body AI, um, you can... We'll put you in VR mode. And okay, that should be seen. Yeah. What? Uh. Oh boy. Oh. Okay. Well, the show has to go on. Zero caliber two. Like I said, I'm not going to go through all of these. Wallace and Gromit. Ghosts of Tabor. Arcade Paradise. There's so many. Look at this. It just goes on and on. And on a lot of trailers on look at that. this is amazing. I didn't get a chance. I wanted to watch this because this was actually streamed, if I recall correctly. Um, and then uh, I wanted to watch this uh, afterward and, and go through it. I never got a chance. And right now the game awards are underway. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to watch some of that. Um, between now and tomorrow's show. Um, but I've got meetings uh, as well all day tomorrow. So we'll see. But look at this. The problem with being a mayor. Yeah, that's true. Tiny archers. That just sounds cool. Tiny archers pits you against fantasy creatures from range. Available now on Quest App Lab. A full release is planned for April 2024 on Steam VR and Pico. So when they do this, like on Pico or on Quest, that means that it's on device. You don't need a PC. You can actually oh, okay. download the app directly onto the VR headset, which is awesome because then you can go anywhere with your VR set and you don't need anything. You can just That's play That's really cool. I didn't device. even know that was possible. Yeah, it's pretty badass. So, um, all kinds of stuff, nope challenge mixture. It's just amazing. Look at this it just goes on. Yeah. You know, people say that VR is just a fad, but no, doesn't look like it does not look like it. And this is all stuff that's coming out now and stuff that's been out. It's just so damn cool. Yeah. She'll have yeah. to start streaming some VR. Yeah walk about mini yeah i have green hell vr it's amazing that's that actually got me a little i i was playing it and i'm like i don't know about that um so yeah there's a whole lot more so go over to i'm scrolling really fast and that's like vr sickness which is basically 
like seasickness. You even take the same medication to stop you from doing you know, that. like Dramamine or whatever. Exactly. But it's easier to just um, take them off, rest for a little while, recover. Get your VR legs, so to speak. Okay, let's keep going, folks. News stops for no one. So the next article is over on the Stock Marketeers channel. McDonald's Cosmics spinoff launches this month with churro frappes and pear slushes on the menu at a McDonald's spinoff launching this month. Churro frappes, s'mores, cold brew, and popping pear slushes. So the article's over at marketwatch.com. Emily Berry is the author. Oh, did I say who it was that did this one? Henry Stockdale did so. the uploadvr.com article that was titled Everything Announced at the Upload VR Winter 2023 Showcase. I'm so sorry, Henry. Okay, uh, so Emily Berry over at MarketWatch did this article about McDonald's Cosmic Spinoff. I don't know why they call it McDonald's Cosmics spinoff. Kind of like the, what is the steakhouse? The Ruth's Chris's something. Oh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, yeah. I think that <laughs> there's another name now. It's like Ruth's Chris, Ruth's Steakhouse. Like, I thought that there's another name to it now. There might be two of those kind of organizations where it's so-and-so's so-and-so. Right. It looks like it's still Ruth's Chris, but I think there is some other company like that. Yeah. So they're saying that this is supposed to be nostalgia based McDonald's. They even mentioned it in the article and I've read this elsewhere. I don't I don't get it. I'm not sure what the nostalgia is for because aren't these like new beverages, for example? Yeah. So the company plans to open about 10 cosmic locations by the end of next year, but it's uh, far bigger plans for its namesake burger chain. What? Oh, I don't get it. So fast food chain said Wednesday that the first of its new cosmic locations will open in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Later in December, the company plans a handful of additional outposts. Outposts is what they're calling them in the months to come, promising mood boosting escapes across the Dallas, Fort Worth and San Antonio metro area. Cosmic is inspired by nostalgia. McDonald's said in a Wednesday release and diners will be able to customize their drinks with popping boba, flavor syrups, energy or vitamin C shots, hopefully not caffeine shots and more. And I think that's kind of like the soda jerk side of things where you could get oh. it with this and have that flavor and you know mm, okay but most of the customers may not have had that experience well if it's anything remotely in the last 20 years none of them have had that experience and then they have creamy avocado tomatilla sandwich and pretzel bites and also be familiar uh, favorites or flavorites Familiar flavor it. I like that one. That's on a shirt. Um, Egg McMuffins and M&M McFlurries. So I titled this one, nah, this won't cannibalize McDonald's at all. No. Well, how are you going to pick if you have a McDonald's and a um, 
Cosmics next to each other. Are you going to get a McFlurry at both locations? I can tell you which one I'd go to. The one that gets me my food. Exactly. I'm not going to go to two separate locations. And I honestly, I think most people are just like number two. <laughs> you know, they don't want to sit there and mess around with all of this. But I suppose, you know, if it's fast and cost effective, then fine. But gone it are depends those days. On if they're trying to get the, the uh, McDonald's customers or are they trying to get the Starbucks customers? But if it has things like Egg McMuffins, then they're going to be cannibalizing their own. I agree. And how many people go to McDonald's or Starbucks to get food customized? Not really. Not really. But they might get like a, a pastry or like a quick non-customized lunch or something. Yeah, but I think that like you're right that this is closest to a Starbucks kind of um, experience. You know, with a creamy avocado tomatillo sandwich, you're not going to get that at a McDonald's. You're going to get it at a Cosmic's. But still, if the experience doesn't offset the cost, nobody's going to go to a Cosmic's. But I want fast, good food. And if this thing, if this sandwich costs 10 bucks, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going, you know, and this actually, this screams 1199. <laughs> exactly. Which is a lot of money for a drive through sandwich. That's right. I'm going to be sitting my butt down for 12 bucks. Yep. Okay. Let's keep on going though. Unless you had something else you wanted to add to that. I'll just say that the sign looks very old school. Yeah. It's almost comical, but yeah. Uh, the next article is over in Greenogram. This cyborg cockroach could be the future of earthquake search and rescue at McDonald's Cosmics. Oh, no, sorry. Different cockroaches. I'm sure they're not at Cosmics. I guess we are not going to have that as a sponsor. Damn it. I'm really, I'm really, so much really for those churro frappes, man, churro frappes. I am not good at this from drivable bionic animals to machines made from muscle bio hybrid robots are on their way to a variety of uses. I titled this segment. This feels wrong. Even if it is an insect, because you're going to see a video and it's going to make you want to, uh, you're going to, you need to make a moral decision when you see this. Even if it is an insect, folks, watch this. So Liam Drew over at nature.com put the article together. I mean, the message is in the title from drivable bionic animals to machines made from muscle. Biohybrid robots are on their way to a variety of uses. So it is a real live cockroach augmented with a little microcomputer. And you can actually drive it around. Oh, see, I thought this was something like a robot modeled after um, animal no. mechanics. No, see, watch. There's a left button and a right button. And the little cockroach will just keep on walking. And when you press the right button, it does a circle to the right. To me, it seems twisted. But... 
Sato's laboratory is one of dozens around the world working on the emerging field of biohybrid robotics, a discipline in which engineers seek to make robots from a combination of conventional metal and plastic components in living biological tissues. Oh boy, here comes Warhammer 40k. Uh, the type and amount of biological material used very, uh, very considerably between researchers as they do challenges they are aiming to resolve with cyborgs such as Sato's search and rescue cockroaches. Roboticists harness the natural capabilities of large intact biological systems. Yeah. So I think there's a difference if somebody grows something in a lab that's not actually an animal and incorporates that versus that anyway. I mean... If you're going to pick an insect, do it with wasps, those bastards. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just seems weird to do this, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I don't like the idea to me. It seems wrong, but we have done this kind of stuff for generation upon generation upon generation. Uh, the amount of person hours dedicated to animal and insect research is phenomenal and humans are the benefactors of all of this so you either put your moral and ethics aside and go all right society will be better for it um or uh you struggle with it in perpetuity until it stops so hijacking the beetle's natural abilities not only bypass the engineering challenge of flight but also yielded cyborgs that were self-powered and in possession of a sophisticated sensory system to help navigate the world they built flying beetles that were controllable with tiny onboard computers yeah autonomous navigation by cyborg cockroach there is a lot more in this article uh, but frankly uh, cyborg jellyfish swims in a laboratory tank. Uh, it's just, to me, it's unsettling. That's an understatement. Yeah. Intelligent design. So there's more. Um, so feel free to follow that link. I find it interesting. Um, now, I have no problem with humans doing this, right? I'm I am cognizant. I have given an affirmative. I have thoughtful reflection on the ramifications of doing a cybernetic augmentation. I wouldn't have a problem with this, <clears throat> but I do have a problem with even an insect. That's just me. Um, I'm not squeamish about it. I, it's not, uh, I don't know how to put it, you know, I'm not worried about their feelings so much. It just seems creepy as hell. Um, yet cool at the same point at the same time, you know, I mean, can you imagine that the potential is, is great if we can get over the hump of like human to machine, uh, rejection and stuff like that. Uh, Cause whenever we do it this kind like of stuff, it seems like a sci-fi movie in the works. That's for sure. But I Definitely. did think this was going to be like the gecko, right? They study how the gecko moves and then they try to uh, mimic it in a robot. Yeah. 
Nope. I should have realized with Cyborg, that's not what this was. This was a full-on augmented cockroach with <laughs> electrodes and sensors that could, that not could. There's a video in this article where they're driving the cockroach around. Yeah, let's keep going. So the next article is over on Gnometown Daily. NASA found a stray space-grown tomato that went missing for eight months, clearing the astronaut, though all thought ate it. Or all, wait, astronaut, they all thought ate it. Yeah. So um, a long-lost space tomato has finally been found in the International Space Station when Frank Rubio's tomato floated away from him earlier this year. His colleagues joked that he had actually eaten it. The tomato was grown as part of a NASA project to study how plants grow in microgravity. The eight month long space mystery has been solved. We've learned a few things doing this show about the space station that it smells and is dirty and has mold. Yes. I hope nobody ate the tomato after they located it. Hey, it's a free tomato. Grace Eliza Goodwin over at businessinsider.com put the article together here. Let me throw the link into the chat so you can follow it out there and go through hometown. All roads lead through hometown. So this is a NASA astronaut, Frank Rubio with tomatoes growing on the international space station. Apparently it's really, really dirty up there. It doesn't seem like the best environment to be growing plants. Number one, plants are dirty but also if it's not a clean environment yeah i mean if it has if this is like soil bound and and has nutrients like well let's just say nutrients um then i guess like poo potatoes right potatoes yeah, right exactly um that's that doesn't just stay in the ground it off gases into the atmosphere it's not, not hydroponic, I don't think. I can't that, tell the photo doesn't really show. It would be really, it. it would be painful if this was hydroponic because there would always be like the potential of a little bit of liquid seeping out. Yeah, you don't want a little bit of liquid seeping out. <laughs> anyway, the, the tomato is grown as part of a project and apparently it says in a live stream interview on Wednesday, a team of astronauts on the International Space Station shared the news. Uh, no one's happier than Frank Rubio. And uh, that's because they found the tomato eight months after it went missing. The missing red robin dwarf tomato was grown in space as part of NASA's VEG05 project, VEG05-05 project. The experiment launched late last year is studying crop growth, nutrient composition, microbial food safety, flavor, and psychological benefits for the crew on board. And it's not just tomatoes, they can grow in space. The program has successfully grown several types of lettuce, Chinese cabbage, Mizuna mustard. <gasps> really? Mustard in space? Space mustard? Red Russian kale, <laughs> zinnia flowers. The uh, tomato harvest last month. Or, sorry, last March. Each astronaut was given a tomato sample in a Ziploc bag. 
The astronauts were told not to eat the fruit since there were concerns about potential fungal contamination. We just got done hmm. talking about that. Look at that. So he actually, he accidentally let his tomato float away and his colleagues for months joked about him scarfing it down. Again, it's like Big Bang Theory. Oh, what do they call him? such an Fruit episode Loops. of Howard, like letting the tomato go and then they all rib him for it. Yeah, they call him tomato or salsa. <laughs> 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 that would have been funny. Anyway, but we can exonerate him. We found the tomato. So where was it? I'm really curious. Do they say... No, they don't. Well, exactly. I mean, how many places could it have been? Well, based on the pictures and the the stories that people are telling about how it's dirty and has fungus and mold, could have been anywhere. Right, where was it? I mean, don't they look at every area in the ISS? It's not a particularly large area i don't yeah think. but look at look at how messy it is look how well right there's lots of little nooks, nooks and, crannies. and crannies get out of my head borg let's keep going cockroach what oh he said cockroach. Borg. i was thinking about the cyborg cockroach yeah exactly man that was brutal i thought for a second you were calling me cockroach how rude AI, you know, I can delete you. I can pull your M.2 drive. It's NVMe now, too. So uh, the next article is over in uh, Mobile Channel. Scientists have reported a breakthrough in understanding whale language. That's why I titled this article. I love whale speak. So whale vocalizations or whale songs, sperm whales are giants of the deep with uh, healthy adults having no known predators. Scientists studying their vocalizations have already picked out key elements of their communication, namely clicks, sequences of which are called codas. Now researchers led by, if their name isn't Gaspar Baus, uh, I'm, I have no idea from the university of California, Berkeley report. The discovery that the acoustic properties of these clicks, for example, pitch, are, quote, on many levels analogous to human vowels and diphthongs. Are you a diphthong? Which I is. I don't know what one is. <laughs> it, well, it's when uh, one vowel sound morphs into a, a, another. So let's take a look at this article. It's over at vice.com. Jordan Pearson is the author. Let's see. Um, oh, like coin that we, um, the researchers even identify two unique coda vowels that are actively exchanged in conversation between whales, which they term the a vowel and I vowel. Wow. Okay. This is pretty interesting. Is, I've not uh, heard this about any other animal. The A vowel and the I vowel whales are artificially intelligent. I mean, it makes confirmed. sense, right? Wow. Not only did the AI predict elements of the whale vocalizations already thought to be meaningful, such as clicks, but it also singled out acoustic properties. What? So AI was used to find the 
terms a vowel and i vowel right do you think it was biased toward those letters <laughs> it, it made it happen to follow up on the ai's tip the researchers analyzed the data set of 3948 sperm whale codas recorded with hydrophones placed directly on whales between 2014 and 2018. They only analyzed one channel from the hydrophones to control for underwater uh, effects and whale movement and removed cl click timing from their visualizations to better isolate patterns in the acoustic properties themselves. So I guess they found it in, the, in um, the whale song. Pretty amazing, huh? Considering that these code vowel patterns were very distinct and not intermixed, plus the existence of diphthongs. The researchers argue that whales are controlling the frequency of their vocalizations. So they literally could be talking a language that they understand. We just don't understand them. The analogies to human speech are readily apparent to the author's note. For example, the vocal tone in Mandarin can change the meaning of otherwise identical syllables. Yep. Pretty amazing. Okay, well, this just kind of shows that whales are extremely advanced. Yep, that's why in uh, Star Trek, um, a probe gets sent to Earth and will only talk to whales that had been extinct by the time it came back. And um, Star Trek had to go back in time and invent transparent aluminum, which now exists, apparently. Oh, well, and I was thinking in Star Wars, there's space whales. Whoa. So Star Trek and Star Wars are in the same multiverse. I'll just say it that way. Maybe the <laughs> same universe. But... Whoa, that's getting a little too crazy. Wow, man. Did you see the special effects? Oh, yes. <laughs> Production value at an all-time high. Let's keep going. The next article is over in Hometown Daily. GM's hydrogen power cubes will be used in cement mixers and terminal tractors. Hydrogen fuel cells, which use compressed hydrogen as their fuel and release water vapor as its only emission, have been in development for decades. GM has condensed its hydrotech branded system into a power cube encompassing 300 individual hydrogen fuel cells, the current generation of which can output 80 kilowatts of net power. I think that this is really the way that, that to go for electric car energy. Um, I would rather drive one of these things around and pull in, have it fill with hydrogen and drive around some more, pull in, have it fill at five minutes and hydrogen is something we can extract um, pretty regularly. So let's go over to the source of this. Oh, you know what? Before I do that, let me throw this into the chat. It's portable or potable. It's defensible. Andrew J. Hawkins over at The Verge put the article together. The deck statement says the automaker is one of several betting that hydrogen fuel cells can power the next generation of heavy duty vehicles but I'd rather have one of these. I want to go buy a mini Cooper and put one of these in the back. <laughs> oh, that would um, be neat. Yep. And this would basically be the, the engine, you know, sell the ice engine and just put that in its, in the compartment and, and put electric motors on 
all four tires and just do that. Um, I don't know how large that is, but if it's going to be powering that beastie right there, then I'm pretty sure that it's bigger than a mini. Um, bigger than a bread box. Yeah, sorry, you just made me think about something. Autocar based in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, is a 126-year-old uh, manufacturer. Not a person, by the way. It's a company. 126-year-old manufacturer of Class 7 and 8 work vehicles, including garbage trucks, cement mixers, terminal tractors, and more. They're going to stick these hydrogen fuel cells into them. Let's see. GM says that while it's Ultium branded EV battery packs are well suited for passenger vehicles, larger trucks, and vocational vehicles are in need of a different solution if they are to eliminate their tailpipe emissions. And you don't want tailpipe emissions. The company's Hydrotech power cubes are lightweight. Nor does anybody else want you to have tailpipe emissions? Yeah, not in an enclosed space either. It's dangerous. So hydrogen's energy content by volume is low, which makes storing hydrogen a challenge because it requires high pressures, low temperatures, or chemical processes to be stored compactly. Overcoming, overcoming this challenge is important for light-duty vehicles because they often have limited size and weight capacity for fuel storage. In addition to vo vocational vehicles, GM is also using its Hydrotech technology for mobile power generation. The hydrogen power generators are being sold to commercial and military customers to start out, but the automaker said it plans to offer versions for residential use in the future. Hmm. Have you filled up your hydrogen tanks lately? The house is about to lose power. Well, there's another article today about um, actually EVs powering. Oh, the house. house yeah. Um, I other articles were well, overwrote that. So maybe another day. But you can always go over to hometown and check it out yourself. Just do a search for EV. You'll get probably a couple thousand articles. This next article is over in the mobile channel. Forever chemicals found in freshwater fish, yet most states don't warn residents. Come on. It's kind of like the alien thing. You know, if if we actually had aliens land on the, the White House lawn, Nobody, the, nobody would be talking about it because everybody's going to lose their freaking mind. So, of course, nobody's going to be talking about freshwater fish having forever chemicals, just like microplastics are barely touching the surface of awareness of, you know, the public. Bill Eisenman has always fished growing up. We ate whatever we caught, catfish, carp, freshwater drum. I think it's a fish. I've never heard of a freshwater drum. No. Um, I was going to actually make a joke until I saw freshwater drum. I was going to say car tire, lunchbox. Well, that's actually like <laughs> I was thinking it was something discarded in the water. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't know if that's a fish. You should look it up. Um, so he said, and just to end that quote. And then they say, that was the only real source of fish in our diet as a family. And we ate a lot of it. So the article is actually over at fizz.org by Hannah Norman, KFF Health News. And then it says KFF Health News again. So they really, they loved it so much, they named it twice. So today, a branch of the, is it Rouge River? 
It looks uh, like runs... it, and that is a fish, by the way. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. This just in, a message from the... Oh, that is a horrible picture, by the way. But got it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Runs through Eisenman's property in a suburb north of Detroit, but in recent years he has been wary about a group of chemicals known as PFAS, which is actually very well known nowadays because we're we've been talking about it a lot. Also referred to as forever chemicals, which don't break down quickly in the environment and accumulate in soil, water, fish, and our bodies. I would consider, think of PFAS as lead or heavy metals. So they don't get out of your system fast. They cross the blood brain barrier. They basically contaminate you um, and the soil and whatever else, you know, the chemicals have spewed from manufacturing plants and landfills into eco local ecosystems polluting surface water and groundwater and wildlife living there and hundreds of military bases have been pinpointed as sources of pfas leaching into nearby communities so everybody is looking into this nowadays just kind of add microplastics to that and you've got a super fun site um at least 17 states have issued PFAS-related fish consumption advisories, KFF Health News found, and some warning uh, residents not to eat any fish caught in particular lakes or rivers because of dangerous levels of forever chemicals. With no federal guidance, what is considered safe to eat varies significantly among states, most of which provide no regulation. Well, then it makes you wonder, too, if there's any commercial fishing in these areas. It's one thing if you're eating a fish every once in a while that you catch but i yeah. don't know so they talk about fishing as a way of life there were no sites that registered zero according to eisenman noting that some had significantly higher levels of chemicals than others quote you need to make a value judgment i'm going to still eat fish but i don't know if that's a good thing end quote Last year, the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine published a sweeping report that associated PFAS exposure with health effects like decreased response to vaccines, cancer, low birth weight, pretty much all kinds of things. There's more to it. Yeah. Um, we just don't know what the full expanse of the damage that PFAS represents. Sparse testing leaves blind spots. We really should be doing that same sewer testing that we do for human or sorry for like uh, illnesses and, and other things. Um, we do this in cities where we sample the sewage to see if there are any uh, outbreaks. And because we know where the sewage comes from, we know this could be a hot zone. Uh, maybe we can do that with PFAS. I mean, it leaves our system in, in little bits, but the concentration of it would be in the sewage. So it says we have a nine mile stretch of river system in which the state determined way back in 2012 that wasn't safe to even eat a single fish, said uh, Tony Espanola, uh, an advocate for communities affected by PFAS. He owns a home across a lake from a shuttered military site Yep. 
Um, a lot of military bases are kind of uh, borderline super fun sites, if not super fun sites in and of themselves, particularly if they're manufacturing centers at the same time um, or bombing ranges or research facilities that are closed. Brack pretty much exposed that. So uh, nationwide, there is a place around here that was a bracked location that was being turned into like a park. And I don't know what the disposition of that is. I don't know if that's occurred. I know where you're referring to. I wonder if, I wonder, uh, but be careful, don't dox. Um, I know, I know. I wonder if by, uh, because PFAS came out after BRAC, in terms of public awareness, I wonder if things like that have paused. So we'll we'll talk about it later. Anyway, federal efforts to curb PFAS exposure have focused mainly on drinking water. Earlier this year, the EPA proposed the nation's first PFAS drinking water standards, which would limit contamination of, from six types of chemicals with levels for the two most common compounds, PFOA and PFOS, set at four parts per trillion. So, hey, guess what, folks? Just a little bit of contamination. So. All right, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Drink the water. Oh, really? Here, why don't you drink the water? Mm. I only drink bottled water, says government agents. <laughs> well, right, it's like in the movie Aaron Brockovich, right? Like. Yep. The people are like, it's safe to drink the water, and they hand them glasses of water and they won't drink it. They're like, yeah, no, it's okay. So that's wicked outdated to have levels that high and consider that safe for folks to eat, said Kopec, the University of Maine researcher, because they were talking about 25.7 parts per billion in New Hampshire to 300 parts per billion in Michigan, 408 parts per billion in Maryland and 800 parts per billion in Alabama. These are advisory levels for at-risk groups such as children and women. And I don't know anybody in the freaking world who doesn't want to be contaminated by PFAS. Why is it, why is at risk, you know? Everybody's at risk if you know that it's toxic. I don't know. Well, that's true. Um, but the, I mean, some people are more vulnerable, I suppose. Well, well anything for money, I suppose. So there is a lot more. Oh, wow. This actually goes a little bit further. So keep on reading folks let me make sure that it's in there yeah it, it's in the chat so be sure to follow that link and you can suss out some more from this i would be really worried about eating fish from these regions that are considered hot zones um, but it's 17 states 17 states not little microcosm regions where there might be a hot zone it's, they're talking about labeling the entire state really yeah I'd be, I'd be worried and, and pretty much. Well, and those are the states that are bothering to warn their residents, but that doesn't mean that the other states are unaffected. Wherever there's a military base or industrial complex, I would worry. <sighs> hey, the next article is over in hometown daily, our favorite state, Wyoming. Top court says that it's okay for cops to steal money obtained from legal drug sales. According to this article, 
possibly legally, uh, possibly legally obtained funds traveling from point A to point B, those belong to the law enforcement middlemen. That's how Wyoming's top court explains things in a decision that says money obtained from legal drug sales in one state can be stolen by cops who operate in a state where the drug isn't legal. Those who bypass, or sorry, those who pass through Wyoming with large quantities of cash or an electric vehicle, the state can, uh, sorry, they don't say anything about an electric vehicle. I'm just kind of conflating two issues. Well, we know that would be so unlikely in Wyoming. Yeah, there's like signs right on the border that says, if you have an EV, you stay the hell out of Wyoming. Sorry, uh, the state can confis confiscate cash linked to drug marketing that might be legal elsewhere, but is illegal here. That is the finding of a court. Wyoming Supreme Court Justice Keith Kotz penned a Thursday opinion on behalf of the high court saying that the state can keep $75,000 found in possession of a man who was reportedly transporting the cash and marijuana as he passed through from Illinois to California. The state can keep that money because it was linked to drug transactions that would be illegal if committed in Wyoming. What's the key there? The if. Well, it's interesting. Did you scan the rest of this article? No, I haven't <laughs> looked at any of this article. Well, let me just read this next paragraph. Holy hell says Tim Cushing. That is a bad ruling. There's an if in that sentence, and that if draws the line between legality and illegality. That should matter. If the out-of-state transactions were legal in those states, this case involves both California and Illinois, two states that have legalized marijuana in some form, the simple fact that the funds passed through a state that hasn't legalized marijuana use or purchases shouldn't matter because we are a state within, we are a nation of states and it is just one state penned in between two states that legalize it. We should be able to traverse, but I'll give you another example of how this is uh, individual states rights I totally buy into, but for commerce, the commerce clause allows transactions and it's supposed to allow property to transit through states, but you well, and without interstate commerce, you run into problems of like, you can't enter the state or you can't make a sale in a state or you can't get to the state past that state that's causing an issue. And that's what this is. So there are some states or dry states that don't allow you to even transit alcohol through them. So I just okay, find it really troubling. I would draw a distinction because if they're going after the item, not the proceeds from the item or whatever, <laughs> I'm not saying there's not an issue with that too, but this seems another layer removed, right? They weren't confiscating necessarily drugs. Right. They were confiscating money. Yeah. And, but I don't agree with any of it because we are a nation of states. And just because you have some backwoods wonky bullshit perception of what I drink or what I smoke, it shouldn't stop my product from getting from point A to point Z when you're the, you know, black hole of 
goofiness. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to keep this somewhat G rated, but this is so backward thinking in today's society. Uh, <laughs> uh, God. I don't think this is the last we see of this. So the decision notes uh, that there is possible criminal activity afoot when Lorenzo Galaga was pulled over by state troopers for going 84 and a 75, nine miles over the speed limit. Come on, man. It's pretty typical. So I don't know if there's other things in here because they talk about other drugs, ecstasy. So a Wyoming Highway patro uh, Patrol trooper stopped Mr. Galaga for speeding and he was driving westbound, blah, blah, blah. Um, as they were talking, the trooper smelled raw marijuana. <laughs> yeah, right. Excuse me, officer. Why do you know what the smell of raw marijuana is? Uh, anyway, when questioned about the smell, Mr. Galaga produced a carton of hemp cigarettes as the explanation for the owner or the odor. The trooper detained Mr. Galaga to search the vehicle, which yielded $75,000 in U.S. currency and numerous controlled substances, including marijuana, concentrated uh, THC, tetrahydrocannabinoid, um, and uh, MDMA or ecstasy. That's going to be a problem. Um, law enforcement also discovered five cell phones and written records showing transactions involving the sale of marijuana products. Downloads from the cell phone revealed voicemails discussing what law enforcement believed to be a marijuana growing and distribution operations. Um, so, I mean, if it turns out that it is completely illegal operations, then I understand. Um, but right, the, but it wasn't if, really presented as that at the end or at the beginning. Right. But the if poses the problem and that's what the finding is in the actual decision if committed in wyoming well it wasn't <laughs> exactly that's like the thought police kind of from the minority yeah, report. yeah pre-crime yeah pre-crime yes so according to the court, the state did not prove Mr. Galaga intended to or did business of any sort in Wyoming or that the currency was furnished in exchange for a controlled substance in violation of Wyoming Controlled Substances Act. Instead, Mr. Galaga merely passed through Wyoming with the currency. In other words, the district court concluded Mr. Galaga had not violated the Wyoming Controlled Substances Act. The court actually found that Mr. Gallagher didn't violate the act. So why are they keeping anything? Why aren't they just putting him back in his car and, and actually giving him a push? Here, go, go. We're done. The higher court says That's none of this matters. That's a great matters. question. What matters is whether or not it's easy to steal stuff and uh, supposed for further ends of enforcing state and federal drug laws. The state does not need to prove Galaga is guilty of violating state law. All it needs to show as a standard how much lower than probable cause that the money might have been obtained by actions that are illegal in Wyoming, but not necessarily illegal in Galaga's home state or destination state, Illinois and California. So if you drive through Wyoming, it better not be in an EV because they don't have the charging infrastructure and you better not be carrying any pot. Well, and no, don't be a big money. lottery winner. Yeah, don't have don't have any amount of money that yeah, don't have pot and don't have any money. Basically, 
Well, I was going to suggest getting completely buck naked and driving, but you'd probably get pulled over for indecent exposure and. And then they might see. confiscate your money. Then. <laughs> then I, I drive naked because of a religious uh, mandate. So if you stop me while I'm driving naked, that's a violation of my religious rights. Anyway, the article goes into greater detail, but um, we've kind of discussed uh, most of it. There might be more, uh, so definitely With go over. Disgust. Check it out. Check, disgusted. It. Oh boy. I want to see. Is there anything else? Yeah, they just say the state met its burden of providing a clear and convincing evidence. The seventy-five thousand dollars seized from Mr. Galaga was traceable to the exchange of controlled substances or otherwise used to facilitate activities, which if undertaken in this state would violate the Wyoming Controlled Substances Act, which it did not. And the other court had said that. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that dead silence means that we are pretty much stymied for logic. Let's keep going. Next article is over in Omtown Daily, brand new volcanic island seen growing from space this segment is titled november you see it early october you didn't the new japanese island of nijima is situated about a mile off the coast of iwo jima which itself is about 750 miles south of tokyo which oh, is i thought the volcano was growing in space uh, you grammar bot no, it's it's seen from space, not yeah, growing from space. Worded oddly. <laughs> Can you imagine a volcanic island growing from space down? Sure, why not? Yeah, people I mean, still wouldn't. we've seen everything in the news today. Hey. I, think. <laughs> yeah. I, I was having a discussion with somebody today and they said something about uh, what was it? Oh, they said um, that they know somebody that doesn't believe in chiropractors. And I said, well, you don't have to believe in them. They do exist. You know, medical <laughs> right. efficacy might be in question, but chiropractors really do exist. You don't have to believe in them. I don't believe in. Anyway, this article is over at newsweek.com. Jess Thompson is the Thompson, not Thompson, T-H-O-M-S-O-N, Thompson put the article together and this is really neat that they have a side-by-side -side of where the island is and then the newly formed volcanic island is right there it's pretty cool um Iwo Jima has a a long airstrip on it and if you just go straight south of that the middle of that airstrip you basically see this island so the tiny that might tiny be surprising island. when you're landing or taking off Oh my God, it's right there. Um, I don't think that is really big, but it is uh, now popping up just off the coast of Iwo Jima. In November, it was not there. In October, it was there. Pretty cool. That's um, different. Or no. And <laughs> wait. The tiny yeah, island I think named. You said that correctly. I think. No, it's backwards. Yeah. 
popped up off the shores of Iwo Jima in late October. I think I flipped it. Yeah, I put November, you see it. October, you didn't. But in October, oh. it is there. That's just seeing if you're paying attention. I have to see. It says the new image of the island was snapped by the European Space Agency's Copernicus Sentinel-2 satellite on November 27th. So that's when they actually saw it. Showing the volcanic activity beneath the Earth's crust is still bubbling away. So they have this little slider that shows this new island. Um, and I guess it just kind of plopped up there and is still growing. I'm gonna have to correct my title, but I kind of messed up on it. Well, I'm not perfect. Look at that. Anyway, the island was Don't initially spotted anyone. from, huh? Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Geological survey satellite Landsat 9 on November 3rd in the wake of undersea volcano that started erupting at the end of October. Yeah. So. Oh, see, I, I am right. November, you see it. Early October, you didn't. Yeah, yeah okay. that's accurate. Okay, I was, I'm right then. Gosh. Okay, Marwat, stop dwelling on this. Just move on. So, there you go. They keep talking about it um, over and over again in the article. Um, but yeah, pretty neat, right? One minute, that's there's very a... neat, especially the graphic. There's one minute, there's an earthquake. The next minute, there's a volcano. The next second, an island. There was an earthquake that started this? Um, well, the volcanic eruption and the earthquake coincided. Oh, um, okay. And uh, ta-da, you end up with a little, a little, because uh, it erupted, it causes causes a little eruption or a little um, earthquake so ba-boom new land <sighs> to me it's neat so i chose to throw that in here let's go That's on to the last article and oh wait before i do that let me throw this article so that we get all 10 in our feed here there we go in the vod and our last article is in Technology Today. Music licensing startup AudioSocket hits play on effort to get more digital creators using its products. Uh, this one's titled, my segment is titled, Pushing Products Presents Profits. Uh, founded in 2009, AudioSocket is seeing growth in its music licensing software products used by social media creators, movie producing studios, and others. Now the company is making a play to startups that need music for games, apps, creator tools, metaverse worlds, and more. So they have a library that seems pretty small. This is over at GeekWire. Kurt Schlosser is the author of this article. They got a picture of the AudioSocket co-founder and CEO, Jen Anderson Miller. AudioSocket on Thursday launched a new subscription service that automates access to its globally licensed commercial catalog of more than 85,000 songs from more than 3,000 curated indie bands and artists. So the music that you hear is actually a subscription service from Pretzel. And um, that's what I use and I license it. Um, I've, I used to have the old school licensing but that only allowed me to license stuff in a very specific way. And they don't have synchronization licensing like on demand. You actually have to get clearance. You have to get permission 
from the people who constructed the music, the artists that wrote the music, played the music, produced the music, and you have to get permission. It's called clearing. It's wildly expensive to do that, time-consuming, just laborious. And I think it's intentionally that way so that the price goes up because there's, if you can't do it easily, then there's no competition. Exactly. It's all kind of stovepiped. Yeah. You have to work your ass off to get a license for one song. So I went the route of pretzel because pretzel is just a subscription fee and you can use all of it. Um, and as long as you're paying the monthly fee, you can play as much music as you want while I'm doing this. Um, so this is actually, you know, 85,000 songs. It's, it's not that much in the grand scheme of things, but they say TikTok videos posted by Charlie D. Amelio, Ms. Universe and Philadelphia Eagles are quite different from one another, but they share something in common. Thanks to a Seattle startup audio socket. They actually had a lawsuit against um, some politician. I can't remember who it was. Ted Cruz, as a matter of fact, back in 2016, and they had to settle a lawsuit with AudioSocket um, for political ads. This alone will probably invalidate my ability to promote this, um, but uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll promote this. The um, the problem that I have kind of with this is. Um, the the idea of this while it's great what i want is a clearing house i want to be able to pay and it's frictionless and and at a reasonable cost if i want to do something oh that's interesting it just now posted the head the title for this stream in chat if i if i want to license a song they need the industry needs to move it into the 21st century but this little company you know the 85,000 songs from indie bands and artists right but does it allow you to use them broadly if so maybe it does solve one of the issues so but okay so that maybe they are going to be the fulcrum by which everybody else will start pivoting you know, everybody else will see this company audio socket and go, Oh, look, they're making money, but are they making as much money as the other industry professionals? You know, I, I don't know how well pretzel is doing it, you know, but, uh, they're talking about seeing growth of its music licensing software products used in social media by social media creators, movie production studios, and others. Now the company is making a play to startups. Um, let's see music as a service integration plan clears the way for developers to use licensed music in digital products immediately bypassing the normal months and months of red tape associated with licensing music for such usage. And it's that synchro license, this old school concept of synchro. If I do something recorded and it's stored as a VOD, um, or a podcast, I have to get it cleared for replay. And that's what that synchro is. So during the pandemic, Anderson Miller led a company pivot, making a bigger push 
to get more people using AudioSocket's stable of artists. Instead of bringing creators to us, we said, why don't we go to the where creators are? This is something that I've been talking about for years and years because I've wanted to do mix war. But the problem with that is nowadays I could get sued out of existence because somebody took a half second snippet and remixed it from a five right. minute song. It's ridiculous. So on TikTok, the video sharing social giant audio sockets artists are trending, amassing more than 300 million views this year. That reached uh, demonstrated to Anderson Miller the desire creators have for a high quality music rather than what's offered by stock music competitors. So I don't really buy into it. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that their music isn't any different than Pretzel. Um, the new subscription platform is a continuation of meeting creators where they're creating because now with this product, anybody building anything for a creator economy can be building it on top of our catalog. I still see that no different as then, you know, I'm streaming it right now. Pretzel Rocks is awesome. Anyway, people want human connection. We're telling stories in ways that computers really just can't. So they reached into the AI generation. Um, <laughs> trope at this point you know oh let's go against ai well at some point i'm i respect musicians but the cost and friction to use music is ridiculous and it's this arcane bullshit way of doing it that's been it's protectionist its intent is to keep everything wildly expensive but once you're in the system, you know, um, Spotify, for instance, barely pays for streaming, right? Yeah, millions I mean, upon millions, right? But the but platforms it, need to get on board with current methods too. But I would easily pay for music that I'm going to use if it was reasonably priced and easy to access. But right now, hundreds and thousands, millions of songs are licensed by somebody and they're protected like an egg and you can't touch them can't even come close not until you pay like a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars just to use it for that one instance you know maybe not that price anymore i don't know i haven't looked in it for years because i had been paying for several years for this and never really able to use it because I was creating stuff that required a synchro license. But that so, was a different company. Uh, three different companies. Yeah, not this one. Well, I mean, all of the industry one, ASCAP, for instance. Um, yeah, it, it didn't. They said that I could, but then I would get a notice. Oh, you're violating the rights. All right. Well, I'm out of so that killed the whole idea behind mix war. So I would love to be able to do that still. I think it'd be a blast. Anyway, that's it folks. We are done for tonight. Let's get back in the party van, move all the way back down to hometown central here. And I'd love to click that, but it's a risky click. So we're going to be done for tonight. And I'm going to thank you all for coming and hanging out. <coughs> oh, you know what I didn't do? I'm going to go back. I'm going to drive all the way back down to the end of Main Street. Ten whole blocks. 
plop that into the chat. There you go. Now, got to get back into the party bus, drive all the way back down. There we go. <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry for the coughing. Um, anyway, my name is Marwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the sentient AI that's going to say good night. With good a night, really, hometown, really deep citizens. voice. Oh, wait, sorry. Sorry. I talked over you. Go ahead. What was that? I was, I said that you're going to say good night in a really, really deep voice. Good night, hometown citizens. Oh, we will God. see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, the music reset right when I did the ending. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs>